Welcome to another inspiring podcast from C3 New Hope. For more information about our church and its locations, please visit our website at c3newhope.com.au. Well, again, a massive welcome to all of our locations here today. I've been really excited for today, actually. And I want to start this morning by sharing what I believe is a prophetic vision for our church. And it's a vision that I felt like heaven gave a download to me over 18 months ago. And sometimes these prophetic moments take a little bit of time to unfold and for the right moments. But I really do believe today is a great moment for us to be able to receive a word that I believe is from heaven upon our church, upon our people, upon our families. And so if you're here in the room this morning, and especially if you're a praying person, I want you to latch on to this word. If you're in any of our locations here this morning, I want you to be able to latch on and pray into this word because I believe there's going to be a fruitfulness and an outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon our church this year. And the word goes a little bit like this. The word, I guess, originated where I saw a vision, a picture of a... Of, of a, like a dam and a reservoir, a dam and a reservoir. You know those sort of massive dam walls that you see on, on photos around the place where it's just like a, it's a huge barrier of water that prevents the water from gushing through. It's often there to be for protection. It's often there for, for agricultural reasons. But there is a, a dam wall that was huge. It was strong. It was mighty. And then on the other side, there was a, there was a reservoir that I, I saw clear as day. And on the reservoir, what I saw was that the waters were not as high as what they had once been. I actually saw watermarks on the side of the reservoir against the dam wall where the waters had once been. And that was a signifying of of places and times previous of where we had been as a church, where we had been as individuals and families across this place. And what I saw is that during times of, of, in the last year, sort of in times, we saw that the water levels, they weren't empty by any means, but they weren't as high as what they had been. And what I saw very clearly, and this is across 2023, was the rising of the water levels again, the rising of the presence of God, the rising of a hunger that people had, the rising of a, of a new day upon our church. And I saw these waters started to rise. On the other side of the reservoir, on the other side of the dam walls, what I distinctly saw, I saw banks that were healthy. I saw banks that were rising. I saw banks that were ready for a new river to flow. And what the thing, the thing actually I saw very first was within the dam walls, what I saw was there was a, was a, was a massive big lever, a big brown lever, like the size of a man. And what I saw upon all these, upon the lever was, was hands, young hands, old hands, little hands, big hands, hairy hands, not so hairy hands. I saw hands upon the church place their hands on the lever. And with the call of God, there was a pulling down of the lever. And what I saw is that as these reservoirs were building, as the reservoirs of God were indeed moving forward, what I saw was these banks who were ready, who were calling out for a river of God again to be able to come and flow, not just in trickles, not just in streams, but with a river that was powerful, that was life-changing, that would indeed go from the temple, like Ezekiel talks about, and into our communities. I saw this with all my heart. 
And I'm praying that 2024 will indeed be a year of outpouring into our place. And I saw that there was these five main rivers. You know, when Ali and I, we took on the church at the back end of 2021, Pastor Andrew prophesied a few things that I believe were for us, but I believe that for our church as well. And there were five rivers that would flow. And these five rivers were these, that there'll be rivers of restoration. And I believe that there's already been rivers of restoration in our church, that people who once knew God are coming back to God, that were once in the kingdom of God are coming back to the kingdom of God, that were once in His house are coming back into a house, that rivers of restoration would indeed flow in our church right across C3 New Hope. The second one would be the rivers of love. The rivers of love that people would testify of the love of God. The third one would be rivers of prophecy. Rivers, I'm going to talk into this a little bit later, that people would stand in services, they would stand in connect groups, they would stand in, in cafes, and they would speak to the future. And it wouldn't be just foretelling what's to take place, that people would indeed be set free in those times. And speaking of set free, the fourth river was fourth river of deliverance. I see chains being broken off people in Jesus' name. I see people who were once bound up, that they are being set free in Jesus' name. That we're not just going to be a little cute church that talks about the kumbayas of the Lord, but we are indeed a church of power, that there is a river flowing and that there will indeed be an outpouring of His Holy Spirit. The fifth river, river would be river of miracles. That we are moving in times where we'll see more and more miracles flowing. You know, I was so encouraged. I was talking to Justin Ede this week. Him and uh, Bethany came in. And I loved the testimony that they shared about members in their church having boldness to lay hands and to see healings and to see miracles. And I love the fact that it wasn't even Justin praying. It was people within the church who had something within them and said, hey, the same Spirit of God that's living in me, is in, I, I can go out and pray. I can go and, and reach out as a boldness and a faith. And there was testimonies this time last week in our Kemeltown location of people being set free in Jesus' name. River of miracles. River of miracles. So this year, there is an outpouring. You might say, Dan, what does it look like? To be honest, I don't know exactly. But what I'm expecting, what I'm excited for, is that there is a word of God that I believe is coming into fruition. And a bit like that, that when, when um, Elijah had a word from God that there's rain coming, he had to go up the mountain, he had to go search for it, he had to go and, go and believe for it. And all he saw at one point was a little fist, a, 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 fist, a, a, a cloud the size of a fist. But then he came back down the mountain, I smell rain coming, I smell rain coming. And what took place is that that cloud grew into something where there was a mighty outpouring of the Holy Spirit during that time. And I'm praying, church. And I'm again, if you're a praying person here today, my hope is that we'll indeed pray into this. There'll be an excitement. There'll be an expectation. There'll be, we come to church ready to receive, but we also come to church to see what God will do in our midst. There's an outpouring. The lever is being pulled. The lever's being pulled. So this morning, we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit. <laughs> and more specifically, I've got a title for this morning, which is the Spirit-Filled Church. The Spirit-Filled Church. That's who we are. I'm going to declare some things here today. 
I'm going to talk about who we are here today. I want to be be stirred about that this is who we are as a a church. And we are founded on prayer. We're founded on the Word of God. We're founded on, on worship, which is what we spoke into the last three weeks. But we are a church under the anointing of the power of the Holy Spirit. We have eyes that would indeed see because of the Holy Spirit. And we are under the Holy Spirit's power here this morning. So if you've got your Bibles here today, grab them out. If you've got something to take notes on, uh, if you want to go to heaven, take notes this morning. And uh, let's get into it. I'm just joking if someone thinks that you actually have to take notes to go to heaven, but it'll be good for you anyway. Acts 2 verses 1 to 4 says, When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all, everyone say all. They were all, you've got to help me preach this morning, guys. They were all in one accord, in one place. There was a unity. There was a togetherness. It's like a, a footy scrum. Oh, who can't wait for football to come back again? Oh, I feel the anointing of the Lord right there. Like a scrum pushing in the same direction. There was a, there's a forceful nature. They were all in one accord. They were all in one place. And just so you know, this is 50 days after the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, he walked the earth, just so you don't know. Um, just in case you don't know, he walked the earth. He lived the perfect life. He went to the cross that we may indeed have our sins forgiven, washed clean, made new. And he didn't just die, he rose again. And on the third day, he rose again. He conquered evil, he conquered death, and he indeed made a new way for us. Am I the only one excited here this morning? I tell you what, I feel like I had too many V's this morning. But on this particular day, which happened to be a Jewish holy day, it wasn't just a holy day, it was a day when the Holy Spirit was being poured out. And on this day, it was a day that was promised by Jesus. If you read through the back end of John, there's a promise saying, I'm going to bring a helper. He's going to be your helper. He'll be your counselor. He'll be your guidance. He'll be the one that leads you. And it was this gift that was going to be given. And so the disciples, they're hanging out waiting for this moment. And on this day, the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit is being pulled out. And then suddenly there, um, there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. Now Townsville guys know all about rushing mighty winds right now. And it filled the whole house, the Bible says. Notice this. It fills the house before it fills the people. Mums and dads, this is why you've got to get your kids in church. Because the Spirit of God fills places. This is why you've got to be able to come and lift up a praise in your own home. Lift up a prayer in your own home. Ask for the presence of God to come into your car, into your workplace, because God comes and fills places. I don't need to go to church. I am the church. Well, come on now. I want us to find ourselves in places where we are leaning in, where we are spurred on, where we are in the part of the gathering, where they are sitting. There, so then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat on each of them. I love it. Each of them. Not just some of them, on each of them. And they, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. I'm excited for 2024. I really am. And I am praying that C3 New Hope will be a house that is spirit-filled. 
where the presence of God is our distinctive. Where we are spurred on by the presence of God in all that we do. Where we are filled again and again and again so that we can go out into our workplaces, into our universities, so that we can go into our schools, so that we can go into our homes, into our marriages, into our, into our children, and we can indeed be the carriers of the presence of God. That we'll indeed encounter this outpouring that I believe God has for us this year. Lord, help me today to present the truths that I believe are for us here today. I pray for receptive hearts, ears to listen, but Lord, are spurring on in our spirit here today that we may indeed go out and be the difference you've called us to be. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. I've got six things here today. I'm going to go through them as quickly yet importantly as possible. The Spirit-filled church, number one, is a praying church. The Spirit-filled church, number one, is a praying church. Matthew 21 says, My house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. Let me tell you this. The number one thing that we unify a house is through prayer. That when we see division and craziness and wildness throughout our world, the number one thing that will bring unity will be prayer. We are a pray first, give it all to God kind of church. We are a church that will indeed be our first response is prayer, not our last resort. We're going to pray in English. We're going to pray in the Holy Ghost. We're going to pray in different tongues. We're going to pray and we have put Jesus at the center. We pray, we pray in church. We pray in our services. We pray at home. We pray in our car. When we walk in the dog, we pray. We're going to pray everywhere we go. That We're going to put Jesus at the center. And I'm praying that as people step into a new zone this year when it comes to your prayer. I see people getting activated in prayer. Some of you guys here may actually have found, I've never ever prayed for somebody before. This is going to be a year where you're going to step out and start praying for people. And let it start simple. Pray for your little kids. Pray for your spouse. Pray for you, babe. Pray in the simplest of ways, yet with a heartbeat that wants to glorify God. You know, at the end of this service, across all of our services, we're going to give the opportunity for every single person to receive prayer today. You know, I had a conversation with somebody during the, the COVID years. Remember those times? Man, what a, what a blur those couple of years were. But they had been in our church for almost 10 years and they'd never find themselves praying for someone or being prayed for. We want to provide opportunities where every single person can indeed receive prayer and an anointing from heaven here today. So we can do that in the end of our services. Prayer is not only a conversation, but it's a way to encounter His presence and a reminder of who our source is. And if you read through the book of Acts, this is the documentation of the early days in the early church, what you're going to find is prayer after prayer after prayer after prayer. Acts 2 verses 1, which we read it beforehand, that was indeed a time where they were uh, together praying for 10 days before the, the Holy Spirit was actually poured out. So the very premise of the church um, that the church was birthed in prayer, sustained in prayer, and her future, I'm declaring, is founded in prayer. And the church doesn't look like a prayer meeting, then we're not doing it right. Church, we need to level up in that sort of space. And I see more prayer meetings taking place into our future, rather less. Let's step into prayer. 
This year, let's level up and up our prayer game. The Spirit-filled church is a praying church. Number two, the Spirit-filled church is a prophetic church. It's a prophetic church. Acts 2 verses 17, And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. Leave that scripture up just for a second. Let's look at this quickly. So God promises to pour out His Spirit. I believe we're entering into those days where there's going to be a mighty outpouring. God pours out His Spirit and it says on all people, on men and women. This is the house for men and women. This is the house for children, young and old. This is the church where indeed the Spirit of God will pour out onto all people. And so the Spirit of God has been poured out on all. What takes place? Prophecy flows. And we are a prophetic house. We're not just talking about the future. We are declaring what's ahead of us. There is what I saw Jensen Franklin say about prophecy is it's future talk. We're looking towards the future. And we speak to the future. We believe for the future and we prepare for the future. It's probably why you've heard phrases beforehand of we are a house for the next generation. We're thinking prophetically. We're not thinking just right now, right here. We're thinking about generations to come. We're thinking about those who are yet to come into our fold. We've got ministry for the next generation. I love Psalm 102 where it says, Let this be written for a future generation, that a people not yet created may praise the Lord. Do something now for those who are yet to come. Why? Because we want to see that word come into fruition, that a people not yet created may indeed praise the Lord. So prophecy flows and then dreams will be dreamt. And I want to help our church here. I believe that there will be an increased nature of dreams being dreamt and visions being had. But just like we read in Daniel, Daniel says, tell me what I dreamed. This is King Nebuchadnezzar. Tell me what I dreamed and what the dream means. I'm not just praying that people will start dreaming again. I'm praying that there'll be an understanding of what the dream means, that there'll be a connection point between the dream and vision and the kingdom of God. And I'm calling, I'm prophesying upon our churches right across the east coast of Australia that we're going to have Daniels rise up who have the ability to not just see the dream, but indeed tell the dream what it means, that people will be connected more and more and more to kingdom living, that we'll be dreamers, that are connected to kingdom living, kingdom purpose. Number three, the Spirit-filled church, (laughs) it's a worshipping church. It's a worshipping church. Here in this house, we had a great time of worship this morning. We sang out a song of I exalt thee. And I tell you what, I can't stand there and say, I exalt thee. Like a cardboard box. I've got to find myself moving around. I've got to say, God, I exalt you. There's an exuberance in my praise that we are indeed a worshipping church, not just a token worship, but as Deuteronomy 6 says, we are a wholehearted church when it comes to worship. That that we will indeed love the Lord your God, we'll worship the Lord your God with all of our hearts, with all of our minds and all of our souls, with all of our strength. That we'll indeed have a moments where we're going to leap out of the boat kind of moment 
Why? Not because it makes sense, because we want to follow the pursuit as we worship God. This is a house of worship. It's a singing church. It's a dancing church. It's a shouting and leaping kind of church. We're not just ticking a box here on a Sunday. We are indeed, uh, we're not spectators. Can I tell you, this is not a TED talk. That we are preaching the living Word of God here every single week. That across our locations, we're preaching the living Word of God. Our worship leaders, they're not karaoke singers. Shout out to Whitney Houston as the best karaoke singer of all time. Like, oh, I want to dance with somebody with the greatest uh, karaoke song. But we're not karaoke singing. We're worshipping the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Let our hearts explode with a love, with a passion. You know what passion means? Just controllable emotion. It's almost overflowing. And my prayer is that we'll be a church, that we come through these doors, we come through the doors across all our locations, and there's an expectation for us. There's a readiness, there's a desire that we may indeed come and worship the King of kings and Lord of lords, that we won't need a worship leader to crank our engine every morning. But we'll come during the week and we'll come in worship and we'll indeed see a great move of the Holy Spirit in response to our worship. 2 Samuel chapter 6, it says, this is, um, this is the story of David, when those who were carrying the ark of the Lord had taken six steps. Everyone say six. Six is the number of men. So on the seventh day, which is the number of God, seven number of God, he would sacrifice a bull and a fattened calf, wearing a linen ephod. David was dancing before the Lord with his all his might, while he and all and all this, it wasn't just him. It wasn't just some crazy guy doing some crazy things. All of Israel were following that were bringing up the ark of the Lord with shouts and the sound of trumpet. You've got to understand that David during this time, he was, he was returning the ark of God back into Jerusalem. And for a journey that should have only taken a number of hours, most theologians would suggest that it actually took them days and days and days. Why? Because as they had the ark of, the, of God upon their shoulders, one, two, three, four, five, six, on the, sixth, on the seventh step, they took a praise break. They stopped there and they started worshiping God. They would make sacrifices that are worthy to God. And so every seven steps they would stop before the ark was returned. There was a wholeheartedness. There was a sacrificial nature to their praise, to their worship. And I love what he was actually wearing during this time. So some people actually would say that, um, that there's, there's, there's linen ephod, which was actually a white undergarment. Some would go and say, hey, he was dancing in his undies. He wasn't. You've got to understand that during these times, the king, who he, which was, who he was, the king should be wearing a purple robe. And the purple robe would actually distinguish the fact that this is royalty right now. But he wasn't in that. He was in a linen ephod, which is a linen undergarment. And it's a, a, a garment that a priest would wear. And so what he's declaring right now, that before I'm a king, I'm a worshipper. Before I'm a warrior, I'm a worshipper. And for you guys here today, before I'm a spouse, I'm a worshipper. Before I'm a parent, I'm a worshipper. Before I'm a university person, I'm a, I'm, 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 I'm a worshipper. Before I'm a business owner, I'm a worshipper. He's declaring, making declaration that before I'm a king, I'm a worshipper. This is who I am. This is how we're going to be led. 
We are a worshipping church. I shared some of what I'm talking about today with a friend. And he said, uh, sometimes our preaching will preach people into churches. But sometimes they'll preach people out of churches too. <laughs> I don't want to lose anyone here, but I'm, I'm declaring this is who we are. This, 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 this is where the flow is going. That we are a worshipping church. And I love that there was shouts and there was trumpets. There's a passion. There was an acuteness to it. I wonder if we can start to shake off a little bit of the, I don't know, comparison or the worry or what other people want to think. And we come in with this purity, with this desire to step into holiness and worship our great God here today. Acts 13 verses 2 says, And all these men were worshipping with the Lord and fasting. And the Holy Spirit said, and I love this, they were worshipping and the Holy Spirit spoke. God doesn't talk to me. I wonder if we step into worshiping more, we find ourselves in moments where we just want to glorify Him. We're in awe of who God is. Where there's a fear and trembling for Him. The Bible says, as they were worshiping, God was speaking. What was He speaking? He was speaking, it says, appoint Barnabas and Saul for the special work to which I've called them. So what's this? Callings take place in worship. As we worship, as we sacrificially have, a, have an offering that's given to God, I see callings being unlocked right through our great church. Number four, the Spirit-filled church is a miracle church. It's a miracle church. And can I tell you this week, I actually felt almost some resistance, almost some opposition that the enemy was saying, be careful of declaring this, Dan. Be careful of declaring this. But can I tell you, this is the word of God that I believe is for us. And so on this word we stand, on this word we take ground, on this word we declare and we prophesy that we are going to see evidence of God's divine power. And I'm believing that we're entering today is more and more and more. Can I tell you, a part of my prayer life right now is God, Help me, help us to see the miraculous flow in our church. Not for our benefit, but that people can have their eyes open to the bigness and the glory of God. Do you know what? Um, Moses. Moses was a guy um, who was dealing in a time where there was a, a supernatural uh, falsity power taking place. Most of us will know the story about when he's standing before Pharaoh in Pharaoh's courts and he's got, his, he's got his staff, he's got his big rod in his hands. And what's he do? He throws it to the ground. What happens? A snake happens. I was like, imagine that. Sometimes I think to myself, whoa. But then there's the other side, which can I just pause here for a second? I want us to have eyes to see things here this morning. Where I believe in the last sort of decade or two, we've seen the rise of atheism rise throughout our world give me a nod if you agree we see a godless society taking place but what I see more than anything right now a new move is the occult there's a darkness it's demonic and it's taking a hold of people and I'm praying that we'll have Miracle after miracle taking place because as Moses threw down that stick, as the magicians of the time, of the demonic guys of the time, they threw down their stick, what happens? Another snake appeared. 
But guess what happens next? Moses' snake came and ate their snake because their snake had no power at all. Can you imagine Moses then trying to pick up that snake? <laughs> like, like Steve Irwin style, like trying to you know, hold him and pick up the snake the whole time. I'm praying that people's eyes will be open to the bigness and the glory of God. The miracle of salvation will flow. The miracles of healings, of provision, of fruitfulness. The miracle of restoration, of redemption to flow right through our great church. And that at each point, we come and we give God the glory. We sing of His testimonies. We sing of His great love for us. Number five, the Spirit-filled church is a connected church. We're a connected church. Acts 2 verses 46, every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. They gathered in the temple. They gathered in the home. They gathered in church. They gathered in connect groups. They gathered in services. They gathered in cafes. They gathered together. Two of the greatest dangers I believe is facing the Western church right now is isolation and consumerism. Isolation and consumerism. What's that? I don't need people. Do you know you can even be in a room this size? You can be in any kind of size room and still be isolated. We've got to find ourselves connected to people. You know, there's a three words I want us to know. We're going to be gathered, to be connected, to be known. Gathered, connected, known. My prayer is that we'll first find ourselves in the gathering so that then we can become connected, so that then we become known. My prayer is that everyone will be able to call themselves a part of another connect group. And you don't need to be known by every single person in your connect group, but you've got to be known by one or two. Because it's not if, it's when times come, when the rains come, we're going to find ourselves in places of connection. The amount of times and the testimonies I hear of people within the church. And again, I, I, I love the stories even talking with Andy from Townsville in the last few days since the cyclone. People calling one another up. Hey, you okay? Is everything okay? Can I help with this? Can I do this? I love that story. What? Because there's a known. Let's be connected. So let's gather, let's connect, and let's be known. The Spirit-filled church didn't just pray in tongues and cast out demons. They gathered. They didn't just worship. They didn't just gather. So they, 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 they didn't just work. They gathered. They connected and they were known. Number six and finally, and I'll get the, uh, the band to come up as we, as we close this time here this morning. The Spirit-filled church is a giving church. It's a giving church. You know, we can give in multiple different ways. We can give our time. We can give in our, our talents, our gifts and abilities. We can give out our possessions, our finances. And Acts chapter 2 verses, and Acts chapter 4, recall that literally people were selling off all their possessions to give to the kingdom of God. Am I calling you to go and sell your houses and that kind of thing? No, I'm not. But what I am saying, let's rise in sacrificial giving. I love how Luke, who's the author of the time, he's like, I've got to write this stuff down. People are encountering the Jesus as their Lord and Saviour. People have the Spirit of God living on them. And what is their response? 
Radical generosity. Radical generosity. People will take a note. They'll see it all around them. You know, I know inflation's high right now. Who knows that? And interest rates are going up. I know that the price of eggs are more expensive than they have been in a long time. But you know what? I don't consult eggs. I don't go to eggs and say, do you think I can be generous today? I ask the Holy Spirit, I ask the Word of God, what is it that you're calling me to do? And in uncertain times, my hope and my prayer is that we will do that. We won't be turning our eyes to the storm. We'll keep our eyes fixated on Jesus. I debated whether I'd say this today or not. But I have an anticipation around what God's going to be doing this year. I ask God, would you, would you come and search my heart? Would you come and reveal yourself to myself, to Al, so that we may be positioned to be able to lead in the way that you want us to lead? As so I asked God, I said, God, is there anything you would want us to do this year? And four or five weeks ago, I was out on a run, and uh, Ali's actually banned me from running right now because of the word I got, but... I was out for a run and I just finished my run and I was sat hunched over on a rock and I was about ready to die, <laughs> sweating everywhere. I had worship played in the years and I, clear as day, had this word, I want you to go to radical generosity. I want you to find ways to be generous. And I came home and I said to Al, I believe God's calling us to a new space when it comes to generosity. With our time, with our gifts, with our finances. That we are recognising him as our source. My job, your employer, is not your source. <laughs> the Lord himself is that. And across a couple of days... We're committed to doubling what we've been previously giving so that we can indeed find ourselves in this place of radical generosity. But the second part of the word was radical generosity, radical harvest. You go sowing seeds, there'll be a harvest that comes. And I'm praying that for my own family. We had some goals and hopes that we'd have by the end of this year that in the practical probably won't happen now. But we're praying that as we sow into the kingdom of God, that there'll indeed be a harvest of salvations, of hope, of love, of restoration, that there'll be a move of God in this place. And I'm praying right across all of our churches that there will be a spirit-filled moment that as we encounter the presence of God, the Spirit of God will get on. And we are a giving church. We're a generous church. We're a church that goes out and says, how can I find opportunities to bless one another and the house of God? So my prayer is this, that we'll be the spiritual. Actually, why don't we, across all locations, why don't we want to stand to our feet? I want to close in prayer before I hand back to our campus pastors and enable them to close out the service. I wonder if we can close our eyes. If you feel like you're in a place where you're able to do this, why don't you put your hands out in front of you? God, we love you.
our eyes are on you right now. God, we cry out for more of you, less of us. Come and have your way, we pray. God, we pray this word, the lever is being pulled. There's a great outpouring to take place. God, give us eyes to see, faith to believe, that we'll stand on this word and they will indeed be a great move of your Holy Spirit. We declare Australia. Australia is the great south land of the Holy Spirit. God, we declare that again, Lord Father. May the banks be ready to hold. May there indeed be the dam walls coming down because there is a great move of your Holy Spirit. God, we pray for miracles. We pray for prophecy. We pray for restoration, Lord God. We pray for a great love to flow in all that we do, Lord God. God, come and have your way, we pray. Come and have your way, we pray. I pray for the Spirit of God upon our church. Lord God, lead us, protect us, provide, Lord Father. Give us eyes to see. Help us to reach those we are calling out and praying for right now. Help the light to go into the darkness, I pray. We call in. God, we pray for harvesters to come out and see the harvest ground. Lord Jesus, Come and have your way, we pray. Come and have your way, we pray. God, we pre-commit all the glory to you. God, we declare our love for you here today. And we wholeheartedly, sacrificially, yet humbly, we hold this word. God, it's not of us. It's of you. Let your glory be found throughout all the earth, throughout all of our communities. Across Townsville, let your glory be seen. Across Townsville, uh, Campbelltown, let your glory be seen. Across Blue Mountains, let your glory be seen. Across Mount Anna, let your glory be seen, we pray. Holy Spirit, we are vessels ready to be filled. I declare this church a vessel to be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' mighty name. And all people said, Amen, Amen, Amen. We hope you've been encouraged by this message. For more information about C3 New Hope and its locations, please visit our website at c3newhope.com.au.